Marco Royce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Graceful. Sally Hoogstown for Anthony Modest. Royce. Not a bad idea. I was like, come on, man. Not, you can't reuse that. that that's what I, oh, I was thinking that too. <laughs> hey, welcome back to the BBB podcast. Sorry if it's a little awkward with the intro and the hype of Makoko scoring that goal when this game wasn't as wasn't as hype. We didn't have that moment. There was unbridled joy for, for Schalke on the uh, American broadcast if you're watching in the States. Uh, yeah, unfortunate, unfortunate. But um, got an exciting episode. Adam is back with us again. We we like to shout you out every episode and every time I'm going to say it, I'll say it again. It's always been way too long since we've had you on here. Uh, but Adam, thanks for joining us. I know it's a little late on your side of the country. How are you doing though? Um, I'm doing pretty well. Un- unbridled joy to be here. Uh, you know, the last time I was on was actually uh, in the, the, uh, the extended break. And I feel like uh, I was pretty down on the team and then you know win after win after win after win of course now that i'm finally coming on that's when the the streak was broken but wow there's been a lot of good stuff happening since uh i was on last it's okay carver was really down on us too at that that break i was gonna say i mean who wasn't really who wasn't and even in my wildest dreams i was thinking to myself right before the break i was like we would literally have to come out and win minimum seven or eight in a row just to get like a taste of the race that we could potentially be in. And then we, we got 10 and it's like, wow. Okay. <laughs> and it's, uh, I mean, it, it's still on, uh, even though we, we dropped, dropped those points, Byron one. Uh, so they are currently sitting in first 52 points, top of the table. We're sitting at second, uh, with 50 points. But even after this, I mean, it results wise, like it's not a bad result to get an away draw at our, rivals so like it not really a bad result it feels bad because I, I felt like the game wasn't that great and obviously we we dropped the points we had the lead a couple times and we let them get back into it but let's jump right in Schalke uh Dortmund two to two um fans were going crazy as they normally do uh but I I feel like the our team Dortmund didn't really match our fans in the stands I've uh, had some good moments um but Carver I'll, I'll well I'll start with the lineup and then let you Rip a little bit, or if you want to give your initial thoughts about the game, quick, quick ones. Well, just that I disagree that it's it's not bad that we got a draw there. I think every <laughs> game against Schalke should be a must win. <laughs> I mean, it it is yes. Yeah. You're gonna get uh-huh. shunned for that <laughs> in a vacuum and <laughs> a way. Draw is you know, I, I get it. Yeah, but yeah. This is a game, yeah, it, we never want to lose, right? Or we never want to get a draw. We want to beat them every time. But in a game like this, form doesn't matter where they're at on the table where we are. Like, form goes out the window. Anything can happen. This is the, the result I will settle for. I'm not settle for, and I'm not happy about it because I feel like we, given the form we've been in, we should have went into this winning, but not the case. Yeah, so let's get into this lineup because it is pretty interesting. You have yeah, thank, thanks for out. jumping in because I was trying to pull it up and I was like, I'm <laughs> completely lost in my tabs right now. So <laughs> go for it. Um, you have Kobel still out. So you have Meyer and Goal back for Rearson, Schlutterbeck, Hummels, and Wolf. Chan in the middle again, and that's six. A midfield of JBG, Guerrero. First time in my, if I remember correctly, since under Tuchel in the midfield, Bellingham and Malin. And Haller up top. And I think when just initially when this was announced and it was just a list of players, I probably heard, including myself, I I was wrong with looking at how or thinking about how we're going to line up. Uh, But everyone had, you know, just a vast majority of different answers here for how we're thinking we're going to look. Do you guys have any thoughts or? I, I briefly thought that Wolf might have been a winger, but then I was me like, too, me it too. doesn't really make sense with everybody else that was in. 
I, I mentioned before the show that that morning I was actually uh, picking up a, a, a new pup, so I didn't get much time to uh, to digest the lineup. I actually watched the first half on my phone uh, in the car ride between a couple of dogs, so that was a fun way to watch the first half there. But uh, yeah, when when I was able to actually put it up on the big screen and say, "Oh, we've got Rios <laughs> and and Volf and Guerrero," I, I hadn't hadn't even like registered until then. I was like, "This is interesting," and you know, it makes you wonder. Like what took so long for Guerrero to be used in the midfield? Because I feel like we've been talking about this for like six years. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, would Tuchel use him there a little bit? Uh, we always thought, you know, he's a pretty good wing back if that we used back three. But it's it's weird that like now that we've decided he's gone, like we're using him in these new ways and finding out, ah, we got a little bit of a midfielder here. I, I think we knew that all along, but the fact that we're actually seeing it now is is uh, pretty interesting to me. The timing. It really is, considering how many different times we just approached these uh, opponents and still just kept trying to throw and force Carrero back there. So, and, and already since that one game, you're seeing a handful of quotes from the board and Terzik saying, we're definitely going to consider Guerrero as a midfielder, as an option going forward. So it's like such a weird, this again, like you said, six, seven years now of this. So it shouldn't be any surprise. And, and then the other thing that really uh, kind of stuck out to me too was JBG again. I mentioned last week that I didn't think this would be the game for him to really, I guess, shine in. Same with the Pokal game against Bochum. I just think these gritty, you know, smash and grab games where it's obviously extremely physical. It's the Derby. I just didn't think this was the game for him. So just eyebrows raising all along or uh, all across the board, really. Right. And you see like Reyna didn't start when like with Brandt mm-hmm. out, we assume that this was, he's, he's got to start, right? Like he's got to start, but no Malin starts. We're bringing Guerrero back. I feel like, uh, you know, Reyna might be behind Nuri Shaheen on the depth chart right now. Like <laughs> it's so strange. You, so, I mean, that was one of the, the points I had down and my biggest takeaway from the lineup is, uh, I mean, you see Guerrero slot in above what you would presume Reina, or it maybe rain out on the wing, right? Nope, JBG and Mullen are there, like you, like you said. So, is there, is there some of this? I'm gonna go back to. I mean, we're all USMNT fans, so I'm gonna go back to the the USMNT drama. And I know some of that's been a little more has been coming out lately. And I know Dortmund and Terzic came out and made a statement like we've never had these issues with Reina, but this seems to raise more questions for me. Like in. I mean, you, you see him when Guerrero scored his goal, you see him run on the pitch with him and celebrate. And it doesn't look like there's anything weird going on. But I'm just like, is what are they seeing on the training pitch like that? It, it just doesn't I don't know. It doesn't like add up to me why he's hasn't been playing as of lately, especially coming uh, right off the World Cup scoring. Was it four goals or three for the the winners and everything? And um, like what what has happened since then to see this drop off? I know he started a match. Played about 60, 65 minutes, didn't do much. And that's when we saw JBG come on and, and score. Uh, but like what what else has happened that not not saying it's a personality thing or or anything like that, but like what has happened with his form in training? Like why isn't he getting this these chances or opportunities? Of course, we saw him come on against Chelsea, but it's like are I don't know. Is there more to it? I, there's there's so much speculation I could do on this. Like it, I think it's the same thing with Dahoud. It just it seems like there's such a reluctance to use these two players that you you wonder what it is. Like at least with Reyna, like you've seen the goals like at, at the beginning of the, the the new year where he was scoring them late, and you, you would think that you know by seeing that he's he's ready. And we've seen a start here and there at maybe two. I, I think he's actually playing a, a lower percentage of minutes this year with Dortmund than he did in the World Cup, which is kind of amazing. Um, so I mean. I don't know. It's got to be something in training that like, I don't know if that that means attitude or if it means just something physically not quite there to, to play the minutes, but then, you know, Brent goes out in the fifth minute and Reyna comes in and plays the rest of the time. So I don't think he would do that if it was a physical thing. Yeah. And I think it's, it's too far past the point to be like, we're, we're playing it safe with him. It's like, it's, it's March now. Uh, I think he, I think you don't need to play it safe anymore. So I just, I don't understand. Carver, do you have anything to add on that or? No, I do not actually. It's, I kind of have my hands up on this one. Yeah. Weird. Um, I did want to give a quick shout out, um, to Denver, uh, I Garta on Twitter who did reach out per my Portland trip. Um, he did tweet oh, cool. us. 
But because I was asking, I know we have some listeners in Portland. I don't know if we've ever like connected on Twitter, but he reached out, said he was watching the game um, and then watching the Portland St. Louis game. That's all I'm going to say about St. Louis. I've been talking about them a lot. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm ready to talk about St. Louis. I mean, Roman Berkey, three wins and three. Like I, I'm, I, I was expecting some St. Louis talk here. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little bit at the end. But I just want to <laughs> shout out Denver, who did reach out on Twitter. Didn't meet up to go watch the game. He said he was watching it at home. And I completely mixed up my like time zone switches. So I woke up in Portland thinking the game was at 1.30. I even said it on the podcast, like, game's at 1.30, so I might not have time to watch it before I go go there. And then I I wake up in Portland and was like, oh, I'm two hours the other way. Game's at 9.30. <laughs> Definitely could have gone to a bar and watched it. I didn't. But uh, yeah, shout out to Denver for at least reaching out. It didn't work out to meet up or anything, but at least he reached out, so. That's cool. really good that we nailed the time zone difference tonight. Like that, that seems like a low probability thing these days. <laughs> I mean, and I was so on it for everything else, like my travel and getting to the stadium and everything. I'm just like, oh yeah, game two hours the other way. Nope. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we can keep moving. Unless you want to talk Berkey more, we can keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> well, we you get a Zhao Klaus nerd here too, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, anything that stick out from... Uh, we can, Let's talk Guerrero in the midfield, though, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more because I've been the Guerrero hater before, and I, I, I've said I don't care if people want to say he's more of a midfielder. He plays left back, and that's what has been pissing me off lately. But I didn't, I didn't hate him in the midfield, so I, I have no problem saying, like, I'm not hating Guerrero in general. I hate what he does in the left-back position sometimes. Comes in, gets a banging goal, creating a lot of opportunities. I'm not mad this time because he's running around the middle. When he's playing in the middle of the park, that's fine. I'm not going to be mad when you're running on the right side of the park or the left side of the park when you're stationed in the middle. That's uh, the other thing that, that gets me. But Carver, do you want to talk Guerrero's game a little bit? Yeah, I thought, he, I mean, obviously giving him the freedom to stay up and uh, link up those plays. I thought he did pretty well this game. Obviously, he got a goal and an assist. It was a gorgeous strike uh, for for his goal, and it was a uh, just pretty much equally better ball from Chan as well. But, I mean, I like him up there. Again, I liked his link-up play. He was able... He's, he's one of the very few creative players we have going forward in the middle, especially when you have Brandt out. Uh, Royce wasn't in this game. I mean, of course, Gio is still a big question mark as well. Jamie Binal Gittens, I said already, he this wasn't going to be the game for him. So, you know, you need someone to drive the ball forward. I mean, Jude did that sort of well, but Jude's also been kind of, I don't know, maybe struggling might be a little harsh, but he's not been up to the standards that he sets for himself for pretty much a few weeks now. So it's really vital that we have someone up there in attack that can help build those plays that could do those one twos those quick football that we always talk about and have a go at times too which is what he did so um, i mean i was happy with his performance i hear so many dogs barking <laughs> i think we've got it from from multiple rooms this is my, multiple rooms across the country so apologies for any dogs barking in the background my dog's barking downstairs adam's dogs are barking Barking in Massachusetts, just barking <laughs> everywhere. Uh, but Adam on Rafa and I guess the midfield in general, because Carver, you touched on Jude. Um, and I don't know if, if maybe this this changeup, we, we didn't really hit it. Royce is out for an illness, uh, which isn't the first time this season, I feel. And then um, Oshan was on the bench. Um, and the, what was the other, I guess, Reina? Oh, Brant is, was injured. And uh, we'll talk about injuries a little bit later. Uh, but your thoughts on, I, I don't know if, if that's what's affecting Jude. Obviously, we, we know uh, he's still, he's got those leadership qualities and, and traits, which is why he's the third captain. And you'd hope he'd still be able to like lead that midfield. But I wonder if, if this much change has kind of thrown, thrown off his game a little bit. Because, I mean, first half of the season, it seemed like we saw obviously him and Oshan a lot. Um, and now Oshan's been uh, not playing as much. And I don't think, I don't think that's where the, differences but maybe having Dehoud in there not Dehoud sorry Guerrero in there is what like mess things up a little bit I don't know uh, you know I I tweeted right after the match like it, it's tough like Jude sets this high expectation and then when he doesn't meet it we're a little bit lost but then like looking at the numbers which I know numbers are difficult with football but then I look and Jude led the team in both progressive passes and progressive receptions. And so it's not even close, he, right? I was looking at those numbers the other day, at least on an individual basis. It's not even close of anyone like, coming close to Jude. Right. Like he's getting the, like, I, I, I need to say that again, progressive passes, like making the pass and progressive receptions. 
receiving the and he can't pass them to himself. So he's he's creating like everything. So I I think what today was was just he had two giveaways, which they were very noticeable. And like each time each one happened, one of them led to a goal. The other one led to a breakaway, which wasn't a goal. Um, we were lucky, but you know, they stand out. So that's, that's what we think about. But I think overall, he probably had a, a pretty good game. It's just those couple of things stood out. I'm sure there's some automat- automatisms that he's missing with Guerrero too. Cause Surprise, Guerrero hasn't really been in the midfield and he's a magician himself. So he, you know, he kind of, you know, takes the ball and, and and does things with it where Jude is probably thinking, you know, I, I, I could be doing that right now, too. But, you know, they've got to learn how to work together because they haven't as much. So, you know, I I have liked looking at Guerrero in this role a lot because he doesn't have to worry about dropping back. He he can hit some, hit it from like anywhere. Like he has such a sweet strike. Like now I'm like, have we wasted years putting him at left back? Like, I, I don't know. It's, it seems yes so strange that. that we have forced him to be a left back or maybe he, maybe he loves it. I don't know, but he's, he just never felt like a left back. And now we're taking him out of left back this late in the game when we're going to lose him for free and seeing things like this. So it's, <laughs> it's a head scratcher for me. Well, okay. I'm, 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 I'm not pushing back against Guerrero. But I'm going to say, doesn't he play left back for Portugal? He does. Yeah, he does. He does. He gets he gets up, obviously, the same way, you know, like wing back slash almost midfielder at times. And and he was even a left back uh, at uh, his previous club before us and back in France as well. So um, I'm, See, maybe it's a, fam- a familiarity with him as well, you know, but that's yeah. my thing. Like why I, I just I think before I didn't want to accept the well, he's a midfielder, play him in the midfield because he plays left back. I get maybe he has the traits for the midfield, but and that's what's been so irritating. It's like he plays left back for multiple clubs, for country, for club. Um, so I think that's why I've been like, we can't just be like, oh, he's a midfielder. We're playing it out of position. Because I don't think we would have... I don't know. If if he was legitimately a midfielder, yeah, he's got those traits, then I don't think for so many years they would just keep forcing him at left back. And I, I know it's- we've talked about the Schultz... Yeah, thing before, and they brought him in, and and that didn't pan out. Um, I don't know, and it's, we it's, we don't need to keep harping on it. It's fine. We can move on from Guerrero. <laughs> he had a great game in the midfield. That's fine. If that's if he's going to transition to that, that's cool. I just I've that's where where I've always been. Like this is weird. Everyone's just like he's a midfielder, but I'm like, is he really though? Yeah, and I want to go back to touch on Jude as well because I've. Um, I haven't been like publicly skeptical, but I have been like kind of just watching him in these past few weeks and thinking like, man, he hasn't, again, he hasn't really been the same uh, since the turn of the calendar year, at least in the last few weeks. But you have to, I have to remind myself, and I think a lot of other people do too, that they, the, the kid is still 19. And besides this dip in form, I want to say there was maybe a slight like three or four week um, spell in his first year here. I think when he got like, he was picking up yellow cards left and right, and he maybe even gotten a red uh, but he was just making a bunch of silly tackles and complaining and really unnecessary position or yeah positions and kind of getting himself into uh, holes there. But again, I mean, some kids are just going to make your younger players are going to make those mistakes. So it's not like it's some people God, I, I, there wasn't a lot of people, but I did see a handful of people online saying like he shouldn't be in the starting 11 anymore for a while. And it's like, wow, <laughs> you are not watching the same game as me, wow. man. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I don't know about that. But um, and obviously we talked about Guerrero and his goal, but I'm not overlooking Schlotterbeck's goal. We can jump right into that. Great, great. Like, I mean, it wasn't a great run, but he kind of jogged up there. But great to get in position to have that shot and kind of looked like he was looking for the cross, kind of just let it rip. And it was a fantastic shot. Uh, defender didn't really close down on him. So good for him to take that shot. And that shot, like, I don't know where that came from because that was ridiculous. And if he wants to do that more often, that'd be great. And then I love the the power slide. Yeah, I mean, Schlotterbeck is our new center attacking midfielder. I don't know what else to say. I mean, he is. <laughs> we don't need Holland anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, next year when he starts making mistakes in defense, I want to hear everybody. Yeah. You're doing it with Rafa. Who's a midfielder? Why are you playing in center back? He's a midfielder. I mean, we have three guys on the on the team with uh, four goals and four assists uh, on, in the league. And it's it's Jude, it's Marco, and it's Nico. And <laughs> it's, it's just, 
I meant to look up before this, like how many center backs in Europe this year have four goals and four assists. That seems strange. Like yeah. to have that many of both. It really is. And in so many different ways too. It's not just, you know, getting his head on the end of crosses or a, a corners or anything like that. But yeah, you said Schalke didn't really close him down whatsoever. I feel like it was not just for Schlotterbeck, but for Guerrero too. And, and a handful of other times in our attack. I mean, they just gave us a lot of space, which was pretty strange. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but yeah, if you got that space, of of course, take it. And Schlotterbeck's got the confidence in himself. I mean, I've said since the first game here when I was actually getting a good look at him in a Dortmund kit, and the man is a risk taker offensively and de- defensively. He's going to go out and, and, and try to go for glory. So it paid off and, he, and he's got a decent shot in him. I got to say, I mean, it's... uh. It wasn't top bends or anything like that, but it had some pace on it. it had some whip too, a little bit of a dip. It's a good shot. I I mean to be, to be fair to the defender, I, I don't remember his name uh, who was, but yeah, I don't think I don't think he was really expecting a shot uh, with Slaughterback just trotting up there. I don't think he was expecting it, so maybe that's why he wasn't closing him down that much. But to your point, as four goals and four assists, it always seems like Slaughterback comes into these moments and like when we need it, like the the uh, Modesco against Byron, like to keep that ball in play and whip it in. And then uh, there was the, I don't remember what game it was, but he had that, I think it was off a corner and then he had it like just on that crazy angle, but like just when oh, we need to like yeah. break the, break the game open. Like he's like you said, he he's, he's fearless and like he, he just has confidence and he'll just yeah. like go for it. So it's nice to have that trait. Like, cause I, before, I know we had some a few chances before that, but it was like right time, half's winding down. We need to like we need to get this. We need to get something going, and he he steps up and and makes it happen. So Adam, what what you thought? Think on the goal and maybe his game in general too. I I don't have too much to add on on Nico. I think that was Yoshida who is the the center back on the oh, other yeah, side. Yeah. I remember him like hanging his head, and you know, you're right. You don't expect a center back to do something like that, but he's got a good collection of goals and assists this year. Like, just like you said, like the, the individual ones that we're thinking about here, like they were some really great ones. You remember so many of them too. Um, I know we wanted to touch on this goal. I also didn't want to leave behind uh, Emery John's assist because when I was watching that and my son was over my shoulder watching it for the assist, I got up and yelled like that was a Hummel's pass right there. I love those. It just broke the lines. And then when, when Guerrero took that shot and put it in, it was just, we, we erupted, but Oh my gosh, that I loved that pass. Again, I couldn't believe the space Chan had on that right when he turned, I mean, he did a quick scan right before he received the ball. And I bet in his head, he was thinking, Holy hell, there's no one back there. All right. I'm, I'm going on an adventure. (laughs) I'm not minimizing the the pass, but yeah, I cut the diagonal angle too. Like that was not the pass I was expecting, but it ended up being perfect. And there was another pass. Who made it? I think it was Wolf who Wolf made it to, to JBG. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I love that. Those are my favorite plays right there. Those passes. They're just unbelievable. I mean, we, we've been given every week, given Wolf praise for doing the things like he, he keeps performing and he keeps making these awesome passes. And I, I love to see it. That's why I'm never going to be mad seeing him right back. And I, uh, yeah, I, I think he's kind of earned that spot. Uh, the argument obviously is Rearson right or left, and if Guerrero's if Guerrero's going up into the midfield, then cool. Maybe we have that set. We don't have a lot of depth, but we have those <laughs> set for now. Um, but yeah, Wolf made that great pass to uh, oh JBG, JBG. Yeah. probably should have put that away. Just pulls it wide, and then I was also going to shout out JBG's run on Guerrero's goal. Um, which kind of opened up that space, brought mm. the defender with him to kind of open up Guerrero uh, to get there too. So great run by him. I thought he he had some great moments too. I know Carver, you're like this might not might not be the game for him to get into, but I thought he did really well. He there was a couple times where he did kind of his uh, I'll say like his little predictable cut in, which he he's good at. Like he he can always cut in, but like I always expect it and cut into the box and then uh, have a rip. Uh, didn't get a goal this time, but yeah, I, I thought he had some good moments uh, in this game. And then I, I do want to run through stats unless you guys want to jump on JBG or anyone else before I jump into some I stats. I did have oh, I love two, stats. More, two more people I wanted to talk about. Real quick. Well, first, right. I just, I just, I do disagree with JBG just because, I mean, he doesn't, he's only contrib- like completing maybe like 40% of his dribbles this season. I think it was only 50% this game. And 
Uh, obviously gave out the ball a bunch too. I think he only completed like 45% of his passes. He wasted that chance too. So again, I just, I just don't think Carver's he's like, this is two weeks in a row where I'm like trying to praise JBG and, and <laughs> I'm like said I was about to go into stats and I had none of these stats written down and covers like, actually, let me come um, in and tell actually <laughs> five completed passes. I'm just saying, yeah, when you Damn. were saying 40 to 50%, I thought you were going to say his, his passing percentage, but holy cow. Yeah. I, I hadn't caught that five completed passes in 67 yeah. minutes. Is it, is it cause he, it's just the, like the times he does complete a pass or like, he'll at least like blow by someone once and then maybe he loses it. I don't know. It's just exciting. Every time I see him, I get excited and he, it, he tends to blow past guys, which excites me. Maybe he loses it shortly after that, but uh, I'm here for the, the first, <laughs> the first, a uh, little skill to get by around someone. And then I forget what happens after that. It's, I was like, Ooh, it, that was good. It's just against these kind of opponents when they're really, you know, the, the, the team is really mentally sharp and they're ready to go in these kinds of derbies. They're just, I think it's a little tough or a lot more difficult to break those kind of players down. And of course, again, I keep talking about the physicality. I just don't think Jamie's really there yet at the moment. So it just, it was just a difficult game for him. I'm not trying to have a go with him as a player in general. I, of course I love him. I just think he's, you know, that game and the game against Bochum was not that great. Um, but I did want to talk about, lastly, just Malin real quick because, I mean, he hasn't been getting many minutes um, this year. But, well, you know, I guess looking back, he did, yeah, just to get a few starts here and there. But um, <laughs> this game, the, I mean, I saw him. Yeah. This game, I'm on the sheet. Before you say it, I just want to say I'm very curious which direction you're going to go in, in, in a good or bad direction with Malin. I don't even know yet, and I'm very curious. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, he it's funny that I keep saying he's not a striker or he's not a winger, excuse me. Um, and we keep trying to put a square peg into a round hole, but when we play him hey, sort of up top, Guerrero's not a left back, yeah. <laughs> but we're saying Mylon's a striker, but his finishing is arguably his worst ability. So I just thought that was pretty funny that, you know, I keep saying, you know, we should be playing him up top, not on the wing, not on the wing. And yeah, he can't really score to save his life. Unfortunately. Yeah, he did <laughs> one. There was one game where he went in at striker, and I think he scored. And it might have been a Pokal game against a two that was the two Bundesliga team. Adiemi pulled his, his muscle yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. It was the Berlin game, Jake? You're thinking of okay. recently. Yeah, I. If you guys haven't figured it out yet, I don't know anything. I just <laughs> your face. Have, right I have vague memories. <laughs> but of he did. He did score in the Pokal match happened. that you're talking about too. I know what you're saying. Uh, no, but you're right. Like we we've seen him. I think he's listed as a striker and we see him in that striker position very rarely, but it is like he, he gets in good positions. It was a great ball by Jude that got it to him where he, Oh, the turn, the turn was oh. great. And then, but he's just like, I'm just going to turn and shoot it right at the middle, like right he, in the middle he was of the point goal. blank. I, I, I yeah. don't know how much better he could have done there, but uh, yeah, that, that one, it was like so beautiful and it was just a letdown when it didn't go in. But I mean, but it, that's how like his shots always go. They're always going to, I was going to say, no matter I, what. I don't want to shit on them because I understand it. It is very quick with the turn. He had two, he had two players on him. So it's, it's tough to really pick a corner in that situation in such small amount of time, but it is, it is like every single shot. They're like, they're really quick. I mean, he's got the shot power with having like no angle. He can just fire these off, but it's like always right at the keeper every single time. And it's like, man, you're a professional footballer. Like, <laughs> Now, I'm not a Malin apologist, but I thought the stats were very interesting, mm. particularly compared to JBG in this game. So yeah. if we're looking at take-ons, JBG 2 out of 5, Malin was 8 out of 13. Passes, Bino Gittens was 5 out of 11, no progressive passes, whereas Malin was 25 out of 31, 7 progressive passes. Shot creating actions, JBG one to Malin seven. It, it's a little eye popping. I think we're used to not getting much out of Malin. And then, you know, I don't know how much the numbers are supposed to tell us, but the numbers are kind of telling me like eh, maybe a little bit more than we thought. Um, so just throwing that out there. Yeah, I, I, that's a fair point. I definitely want to clarify that. I think he had a much, much better game than JBG. I just, I just thought it was funny that I'm, I'm trying to picture him as the striker and leading the line, which he can do sort of well, but it's just like the man can't score. <laughs> I was thinking about this watching uh, this game, specifically JBG, and I think it was a time where he got tackled or he lost the ball. And part of me 
And is it maybe this is I don't know if this is like a secret tactic that Dortmund tries to use, and maybe it's how they keep everyone hooked for so long when things aren't going well. You know, it's been great as of recently. But if I so if I see JBG make a great run or whatever, loses the ball, part of me is just like, well, he's only eighteen; he's just a kid, so I can't be mad at him really. But then Malin, like he's a little older, we've seen him for a, a few years now. So when he messes up or loses the ball or shoots it right at the keeper, I'm like, God, come on, man, you suck. But like JBG messes up, I'm like he's only a kid; <laughs> it's okay, it's fine. Mullen did lose that foot race to uh, what's his name? Yeah, yeah I forget Shusiani. his name. I saw on Twitter like he'd lost a foot race to a bald man, which <laughs> I have to admit, as a bald man, I briefly was like, yeah, you go old bald dude. But yeah, it wasn't pretty. And that's so funny. I forgot about that, too. I, I yelled that out loud at the bar. I was like, the man, like the only thing he's known for is his pace. And he just got beaten a race there. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Spent By a guy who looks 43. Like, yeah. <laughs> who's apparently only 22. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> I mean, if we're, if we're leaning into young guys who look old, we do want to start talking about Joe Klaus. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, okay. So I will add, I probably shouldn't have even brought up stats because Adam, you're going to have way more and way more to dive into on stats. That's all probably. of them I have. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Well, I, I mean, these, these are the real simple ones. And I mean, the question at the end of this is like, what went wrong? And obviously, mistakes is kind of what, what gets us. But like ball possession, 66%. I know not all these stats lead to game winning, especially ball possession. Um, you, you don't need that. But expected goals, uh, accurate passes, 84% to 69%. Total shots, 20 with 14 in the box. Uh, it just seemed like we... I mean, we 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 should have ran with this game, but it also felt like watching it. I like these stats surprised me a little bit uh, coming off the game, like watching it because I I felt like the game and the team in general, and I don't know if it was how we were trying to work the ball or or not, but it just seemed kind of like lackadaisical or like lazy to me. I don't know if you guys felt the same, but it just seemed like weren't really doing that much. We we had fourteen shots in in the in the in eight the 18 but it didn't seem like we really created too much and then the other thing i want to note on was holler only had one shot um and i know we talked about holler last week and we even got the update from him talking about how he needs to get back up to match fitness and everything but it just seemed again like we weren't really playing to him or through him or um and to see only one shot as the striker just seems a little uh i don't know it, it kind of <laughs> plays into that yeah, I mean, it wasn't a, a great one for Hilaire again. I wanted, you know, I also don't want to harp on him too much because he's working his way back. But it was another that, you know, I, I you know, I think we maybe got our hopes up when it looked like he was like roaring back right away. But it is going to take time. And I think that we all understand, you know, the the path that he's taken to get here. But uh Maybe, you know, not as many minutes. I did see Makoko was running the other day. I don't know if that means he's in training but, or if he's just running again. Uh, that would be a nice thing to, to get him some more minutes too, to, you know, he seemed to immediately tank after signing the, the extension and then got hurt. So I would love to see some success come his way as well. And, you know, I don't know, maybe the Schalke game would have been a decent one for, for Modest, like especially just... <laughs> Tell, tell Wolf, just aim for his head, just time and again. But I don't know. Then, you know, then again, we would have missed out on you know Guerrero's goal if we were just yeah. crossing balls into the box at Modest. So I, I don't want to you know complain or change our, our tactics too much here. As from a team standpoint, or more of a collective standpoint, I think we would just really at the end of the day let Schalke come back, and I think that's why that you know leaving there with a tie is so frustrating to me this time around. This is because this is not a good Schalke team. They're and I don't know, I guess you can call it form because they haven't uh, they haven't lost a game, but they also haven't won many as, as well in the past few months. Um, and they haven't scored a lot of goals either. So to concede two really frustrating ones, I mean, Rearson kind of had a, a bit of a stinker as well. I think this is arguably, in my opinion, Rearson's worst game in a Dortmund kit so far. Uh, didn't really mark well on their second goal. And then, of course, I'm, I'm not having to go at Meyer. It's just, you know comparing the quality of Meyer to Koble. I just, I think Koble saves that one, the, uh, the header from, uh, Karaman. 
So that's just a really unfortunate goal to concede kind of late in the day too. And I just think the team almost kind of accepted a tie, which is just frustrating because again, now you're two points behind. That was a ridiculous goal to concede. It really was. The, like this Hail Mary cross from Bolter where our entire defense just went. Yeah. (laughs) And watched it come in like all of the balls getting bigger. Literally they just watched. I don't know. I think the announcer said Rearson slipped a little. I don't know if that's what, what caused it, but, and then the header from like so far out and it's just so frustrating. Like I don't have a stat for that one, but uh, <laughs> you know, the, the first one, I was surprised to see the XG at the end of the, the match was as close as it was, but that's because Volter's goal was uh, an 80% chance because he took it at point blank range. Cause that was the final tap in. But what, what got him to that point obviously was not an 80% chance. Mm-hmm. I think if, if Chan doesn't like kind of stumble a little bit going into that slide, maybe he has a chance to break it up. I'm not blaming Chan for the goal. Uh, to yeah. be clear, I, I just think like he didn't get the slide that he wanted that, that would have broken it up. Yeah. Jake, I think I talked over you. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I don't think so. Uh, I, w- I was going to jump in with the that second goal in the, the crop before the cross when the ball even kind of cleared out or whatever when when Schalke got it back. That that that's the point in the, in the match. And maybe it's because a goal came right after it. But I was like, man, they look so like late. Like they've just accepted it. It seemed like well, it was like the 75th minute or something. And it seemed like they were playing like there was a, a 30 seconds left, maybe. Which, even though there's 30 seconds left, they're right outside your 18. You're just going to stand around because they there is no urgency to get to the ball or like try to win it back or anything. It was just like, oh, it kind of cleared out, and then we'll just let them have it, and then cross it in, and obviously we see the goal. So that that was the big thing. Like, it almost felt like as soon as they got that second goal, they were just kind of like, cool, we did it, and there was a lot more work to do, and they didn't yeah. do any of it, which was unfortunate. <laughs> Yeah, there's honestly a lot more I could go into about this game, but we're about 36 minutes in. So I, I think we should probably wrap up because we got two big other segments to get to. But I just want to say, just to, to I guess, wrap everything up, uh, having no Coble and no Brandt is clearly starting to really show in this team. Uh, injuries are starting to be pretty apparent again, and the list is growing, which is which just sucks. And then you have some players that are still having kind of stinkers and they're kind of dipping in form. So this is not the time to be letting up and we're really hoping we could turn things around into this weekend. We have Cone at home. Uh, do we want to, do we want to go to Nikon or I guess I decided for us. Is that all right? Before we get into the women's yep. update. Well, we're doing it. Um, well, I will say, and I think on this game too, like Brant, Brant has obviously been so, so good. And, and like we, although Guerrero's was up there creating, and we do get a lot of creation out of, out of Jude too. I think we're just missing Brant so much because Guerrero's just running around like a crazy person, and it works out a lot of the time when he's in the middle. Uh, it worked out, uh, but it, it's there's a difference between this like kind of pulling the strings and just running around and getting in dangerous positions. So I think Brant is the big miss. Obviously, Adeyemi was hot, and uh, just like that depth, it's like the fact that we don't where we that depth quickly went away. Um, yeah. with like two guys being injured, which is uh, unfortunate. And that's, yeah, I just, yeah, hopefully well, we can get them back. <laughs> with, with Adeyemi being injured, we were missing Mullen for a little bit there. Royce was out, Brant was out, Makoko was out. I mean, it's it's piling up. Like, yeah. it's not just a couple. It's it's uh, actually quite a bit already in a short amount of time. Cobol, um, I will, so, it keeps going. Oh yeah, that one. I, yeah, and I then said, Meyer was almost out too. I was like, "Are we going to get a Latka game?" I'm like, oh. "Yeah." <laughs> I said a couple, and then I like forget because Royce is because he was injured and everything, or not injured, just sick. So I like right. that didn't process that he's like out, out. Uh, and when you but, don't have Brandt, who's the player that you want in in there? It's Royce. And when you don't have both, that's a problem. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there was a quick, I don't know, little injury report. It was just on, on Twitter. Uh, Ed and Terzic coming out and saying uh, for the next game for upcoming against Colne, which this is going to hurt too. Emery Chan is suspended. Um, Marco Royce has returned to training on Tuesday, uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Koble's muscle injury is under control. However, he is... Oh, I didn't even read this fully earlier. Yeah, I was going to say, I had the quote ready to go, but you took it out of my mouth. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that live reaction to me reading a tweet, because again, not prepared, not ready. And then uh, he said, with Julian Brandt, we believe that he'll be very close for Saturday. The only thing that concerns me with that is like, 
Does that mean was he training today? Because if he's not training today, I don't feel like he's going to be close Saturday. I don't think he's going to start. Like that seems way too soon. But it would be nice to see him come back for a few minutes off the bench. Like that would be a very good sub to have uh, when we're you know getting a little thin up front. And I wanted to finish the other side of the quote for Coble as well, Jake. So even though Terzik said in the press conference that we got the muscle in- injury under control, uh, the goalkeeper had to take a break two of the last three days due to some sort of cold. So on Thursday, which uh, today's Thursday, he was working specifically with the goalkeepers and on Friday he should return to the team. So um, I think it's still a bit of a question mark, but we're looking like we're going to have Coble back for Saturday, which is huge. Is Coble who's more important coming back, Coble or Brant? Oh shit! I would say Brant. I'm gonna go Brant. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's Brant too. Particularly if we don't know if we have Royce. Yeah, yeah. But it's so close, it, you know. <laughs> they're they're both so good, and I mean, yeah, Coble could very easily come back and give us a monster clean sheet that gives us the win. You know what I mean? But it's, I think because I do have a lot of confidence with Meyer, like I'm never really disappointed when I, when I see him in there, that's like, as long as we can create enough up front, then I think we're going to be okay. But that doesn't mean I don't want, Co- I'm fine with Meyer. Like hundred percent want Kobo back. Uh, yeah. So Colin, they're winless in their last four. Um, Chan's going to be out. So I'm not looking, I'm not, really sure how we're going to look in the midfield. I mean, I don't know if Terzik is going to have Ozchan as our number six or not. Or we're going to switch be what he was system. saying today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's uh, his old team as well. So uh, mm-hmm. an opportunity to, you know, hopefully he steps up in that role. Yeah. A cone are obviously a very aggressive side. I imagine they're not going to give us even a fraction of the space that Schalke gave us. And they're going to be pressing us hard. They're going to be creating a lot more chances too. So it's it's an equally tough game. Of course, you have a much better opponent, and it's um, and not a derby, but it's 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 damn near close. Kohner, pretty close uh, town to Dortmund. Um, it I guess it depends how I'm feeling come tomorrow when we know who's going to be actually available. Because I feel like there's like six question marks. You know, Brand obviously now with the question mark. Kobel as well. Uh, Royce, I mean, it looks like the news is pretty positive and optimistic there, but you never know. And so you can just keep going on the list. So I'm kind of indifferent at the moment. How are you guys feeling? Mm, I I just remember the last Colin game and I I don't know. I'm, I'm a little worried. I don't know if it's because this game, like I, I was going to ask you guys, does this Schalke game worry you? Like, does that performance worry you or is it more like because the injuries worry you? Does that concern you for the rest of the Bundesliga season? And I guess, does that concern you for our next game against Colm? I don't know why. I I mean, I, I know why. I just feel like Tigges is going to score maybe a couple on us. Oh. <laughs> I'm worried about the revenge goals. But put Modest in there. Let him get some. Oh. I mean, Tigges did score against us last timeout, so I wouldn't. I don't think that's too out of the uh, ordinary that's what, there. That, that's what's burned into my brain. That's yeah. why I'm slightly concerned. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, it's so hard to predict based on their recent results because they've had so many like scoreless draws and so many losses to like Bochum and Stuttgart. Three nil loss to Stuttgart. Yeah, uh, they lost to Wolfsburg, but so did we. Um, you know, a, a several nil nils in there, but then like a random seven to one win against Werder Bremen. <laughs> I was saw that, that game. Start, I, was, start the, I, yeah. I watched, I think whenever they were up by two or three, I was like, wow, this is kind of a goal fest. And they scored four more. And Tigas had a hell of a day <laughs> against that side. And then three nil against Eintracht. So, yeah, you know, yeah. you never know what to expect. I, I feel like I'm confident, but now I'm like questioning, like, should I be? Like, oh no! I don't know. This team has to be. I think it's a little different now. Like, I feel like the Schalke match would have snowballed before, but you know, this is a team that just won ten games in a row. Like, I feel like they need to know that they can bounce back, and I'm I'm a little more confident that they can do it against Cologne. I I want that confidence to come over here because what actually what I was (laughs) going to say is it, it it is concerning me a little bit that we didn't get the win in Schalke just because it was so incredibly winnable 
And after the Chelsea loss, I was telling Jake, like, you know, forget Champions League. Let's just focus on the league now. Let's get a good result out Schalke, get three points and come back home. And the fact that the guys just kind of let off the gas a bit, in my opinion, and yeah. let them come back into the game, it it gets me slightly concerned because just because Cohen is such a tough side, you know, this isn't this isn't a game that we're walking into going, this is three points before the break, you know? I'll just jump, I'll just start with my predictions because I know we got to move on yeah, a little fair bit. Enough. Uh, but I think it will be a tight game and I'm hoping the home, like being back at home will be enough to, like, I fear a little bit of like confidence slipping uh, because of the outs. Like, I feel like that affects the team and the loss to Chelsea was like, oh, like with that being the first loss, uh, that's obviously going to bring down some confidence and then to turn around and have that kind of draw too. Like, I feel like there's going to be some... I don't know, sli- slipping mentally and a little little bit of doubt creeping in. Uh, if Brandt comes back, if Kobo comes back, then maybe that's not the case. Or if Royce is in there and can like kind of pull him back up, ho- like hopefully that's what happens. But I think there's going to be a little, little bit of a lapse or maybe some doubt creeping into some of the guys. And I hope that being at home lifts him up enough to get a 3-2 win, Tigus brace. <laughs> Tigus brace. <laughs> But a three-two win for Dortmund. Yeah, I got what you're saying. I might say he might put he might put a couple past us. See, I was gonna go out on a limb and say like the, the only scores that I know it won't be are like one nil, two one, three two. Yeah. I can see two two things happening: the snowball continues, and they draw or possibly lose. I hope they don't do that, or they just wake the heck up and like win four to one. You know that type of thing. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm gonna go three one on the uh, on the dime of Kobo being back. We have Royce back, and I think we'll do the same back four, but have Royce in that midfield trio. Excuse me, Guerrero in that midfield trio again, and then Royce out here on the left for them two to link up. I think that trio of having like Guerrero, Royce, and Sancho was some of our best link up play that I've seen as a Dortmund supporter, or at least since being a Dortmund supporter. So kind of having at least two of them to link up in midfield, I think is going to help a lot, especially with going forward and being creative. If you know, I don't, I don't imagine Brandt playing personally. I'm going to go four to one. I'll go with that four that's to sweet. one. That's sweet. That's I fine. I threw that one out there. <laughs> I like it. Who's I like it. Confidence? I was riding. So, I, I was riding so much confidence as of late, and now it's shattered. I think it's mainly because Carver wrecked my JBG hopes and dreams with those <laughs> stats. I was feeling real good. Uh, no, anyways, uh, we'll, we'll move on. And Adam, it is your time to shine. And I know a lot's been happening with the women's team. Um, we always get a great update from you because it's always just win, 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 win. But they just had like the, <laughs> their biggest game in history as a club so far. Uh, but before you get into that game specifically and give us the details about that, uh, can you give us uh, like everything that's happened before then and kind of if if people don't know what's going on with the Dortmund's women's team, if you want to give a quick highlight recap yeah so the first half of the season was magical uh they won their 13 matches uh right now they're 15 0 and 0 in the league they have a huge gap on the second place team it's like a 15 point gap mm-hmm. after 15 match days uh scored 92 goals conceded three um so over, over the break they they actually lost a couple friendlies against some higher level teams like a couple of two to one losses which is a little bit rare for them but it is against higher level teams uh they opened the season back up on on march 5th and they they won that it was tight though against uh rottweiss uh rottweiss allen which uh coincidentally that's where um they were like on the same pitch where like marco royce started his professional career so that was cool oh cool um and then after that was the cup match uh this was they're in two cups this year. There's the Christ Pokal, which is the, like the district cup, but this is the regional cup that they were in, the Verbans Pokal. Mm. And this one, they were drawn. Well, they they got into this one because of winning the Christ Pokal uh, last year, and they were drawn against Bochum. So not Bochum two or Bochum three or anything, but they were drawn against Bochum, who's in the third division. So this is three divisions higher, and they're also third place in that third division. So this is a very good team they're going up against. So this was by far the biggest match in their history. 
And uh, the match started. It was not televised, unfortunately. Yeah, I saw you say the Twitch was canceled, right? Or the stream was canceled? I don't know, I said Twitch. Yeah, they had to move the match because of weather to a different field that wasn't set up for everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was a bummer because I was like, this is the biggest match. Uh, But in the 16th minute, Mandy Reinhardt scored for Dortmund. Uh, Sounds like it was very much against the run of play. Uh, but we'll, we'll take it. You know, they were absorbing a lot of pressure, but Mandy scored in the 23rd minute. I just, I was running around the house yelling to my son, uh, Anna Isabel scored. So they were up two nil after 23 minutes in this match that they on paper didn't have much of a chance in winning. Unfortunately, there was a spell in the second half in the 54th, 55th and 62nd minute where they conceded three goals and they lost three to two. And it was very, very deflating because like we didn't get as many updates in that second half. So we're like, what's going on? What's going on? But uh, yeah, unfortunately that was the first competitive game they've ever lost. And it, it sounds like they put in a hell of an effort and, you know, a a team three divisions higher, they were winning for that long. And then, you know, even after conceding that third one, they held on, you know, didn't let it get away from them. So uh, I'm very pleased with uh, how, it sounds like I have to say, it sounds like they played, uh, they absorbed a lot of pressure, but unfortunately that like eight minute spell or whatever it was, uh, got away from them. And then they came back and they had another league match the next, uh, well, I think it was like four days later. So they won that one, 12 to nothing. They took that out on the the next opponent. I think Mandy scored four. uh, Mia Badar got her first hat trick, I believe. Uh, it was a really good, good match. So, you know, just running through some of the top scorers, uh, Marie, Marie Grota, she's a, a new player this year as well. Uh, in 11 matches, she has 15 goals and 11 assists, like off the charts. Mandy Reinhardt, who I just mentioned, 15 matches, she has 15 goals as well, eight assists. And then a couple players who were the stars last year as well. Anna Isabel has 14 goals and 14 with an assist. And Vanessa Kuhl um, has 13 games 10 goals five assists so uh that and then you know there's a bunch of other players contributing as well but uh those were the the ones that are in double digits and goals i just want to reiterate Uh, oh sorry go ahead yeah i was gonna i was about to move on to a different topic like they they had a an indoor tournament over the the winter break too that i could touch on as well uh which seemed pretty interesting but yeah what was your question there Please, yeah, please do. I was just going to reiterate some stats for the listeners, just in case you didn't hear those. Three mm-hmm. goals, three goals conceded in the league this year. They have an 89 goal differential. And they're, would you say they're up yeah, 15 points from second place? And of course, the, the sixth division, correct? Because we were in the seventh last year. Mm-hmm. Sixth division, you know, take that as you will. But again, competing against another team in the in the Pokal, three divisions higher and holding on for that long. I, I, I mean, I obviously didn't watch it either, but I did watch, read the match report on the uh, Dortmund website. And the fact that, you know, they just kept at him for so long is is really impressive. It shows you that something is truly special that is happening here. I, it blows my mind. Three goals can see that. I think, didn't we, like last year, it was the same way, if not like two or one goal? It was something, it was, it was was like less than three. It had to have been. And it was like really towards the end of the year. Yeah. uh, When we were playing like our goalkeeper at striker. (laughs) I forget what player that was. It played like six different positions. She didn't play goalkeeper. I was exaggerating, but she did play like six different positions. Center back. Maybe one of our center backs. Well, Adam could tell us, but yeah, they didn't concede until April last year. Um, And it was, they did concede three in the league. So that, Mm -hmm. that was higher than I thought. Well, I wonder if the game that Louisa played in goal, like our, our number six uh, filled in at goal uh, for one of the games. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mentioned that there was this indoor tournament, which I, I, I kind of didn't know anything about. And, you know, I, I just posted on, on Instagram, like, what is this like uh, hall masters thing? And, and the beauty is like, the team responds like players on and then like the, the people involved in the team, like they're like, Oh, and tell you about this uh, indoor tournament that's held in the Dortmund region. So they played against a lot of the teams that they play on the outdoor, uh, but they just played an indoor tournament. Um, so they played a lot of matches over like a weekend. Uh, they, they won the tournament spoiler alert. Uh, and they won uh, by a combined score of 63 to three in all of the the games. There was like, 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games total. So that that's, but they're 12 minute games. One of the 12 minute games, I just have to mention very quickly, and I'm still trying to figure out exactly how this happened mathematically, a 12 minute game. Now the whistle has to like the time has to stop between goals because they won 23 to nothing in a 12 minute game. Like that has to be an error. <laughs> it, it's not though. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa Kuehl scored twice in the first minute. And then again, in the second, like she had a hat trick by the second minute. Marie Grota scored three times in the 12th minute. So like score, the clock stops, go back, run up, score the clock. Like, it, yeah. Were there even other people on the floor is, is my question. It's, it's kind of unbelievable. I know if I was given 12 minutes and nobody else was on the floor, I could not score 23 goals in that amount of time. And the fact that they did that against any opponent is, is kind of shocking. But yeah, uh, Vanessa Kuehl scored 10 goals in that tournament. And so did uh, Yulia Godecki. And I, I, I thought... Who is Yulia Godecki? So apparently they have uh, signed a new player over the winter who's playing for the second team. And uh, like she has like DFB Pokal experience. Like so they're, so they're picking up players with experience. Um, she also played for um, Berghofen, which is uh, where the coach Thomas Saluski and many of the players they have at this point came from. Um, wait, am I saying? Anyway, uh, yeah, she she was on the club that he was. So he's he's reuniting a bunch of his old players with Dortmund now. So it's it's been wow. really cool to see that come together. And so yeah, I guess that's kind of the the update that I had on the 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 first team. Women's second team is doing awesome as well. So uh, for I guess if people want to tune in and watch, obviously not everything is is televised. You do get to watch a lot of them. But I mean, best way is obviously just to follow Adam, uh, and then you have like your website with all the details. If you want to touch on that a little bit, and then. Also get into, I guess, some upcoming matches, especially like the cup ones that people might want to, if they can't tune in everything, uh, if they there's like some big one standout games, that would be good to tune into also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you can check my website is Dorowski, D-A-R-O-W-S-K-I dot com slash BVB. And I have any of the stream links that have been published there. But I also recommend following the BVB frown on... As, BVB09 frown on, on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. They, on their stories, they tend to update with like the, the links to uh, the live uh, streams and stuff like that. Sometimes it's like a last minute stream, so I don't have it on my website. Um, and they, yeah, I, I recommend following them for many reasons. They're, they're producing a lot of good content around it too. Just like, you know, they, they have some of the, on YouTube, they have for the men's team, some of the, you know, like the games where they have to like guess things about each other and stuff like that. They're doing more of that for the women's team, which is awesome because you get to know the players. And yeah. uh, I really appreciate that. And, you know, I got to read the subtitles and, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, mm-hmm. I, I really <laughs> do need to learn German, but, um, and as far as the next cup game, so they, they will have their first Kreispokal uh, match on the 22nd, which is next week, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if there's a stream for that one yet. They're going to be against uh, Victoria Kirsten, who they did play last year. And I believe they kind of blew them out last year. So I don't think it's going, I don't think this cup match is going to be nearly as tough as uh, the, the previous one that they had. It's just a totally different level cup. Um, but you know, it's always great to see them in a knockout tournament like that. They always, uh, show up and do really well. And, uh, another match that they have coming up is against, uh, Eintracht Dorstfeld, who they faced in the cup last year. They were like the higher division team that they played last year. And now they're in the same division. So I'm sure there's a a little bit of, of, um, uh, you know, Little, little rivalry get back at them there. And right after that, they played Von Belar, uh, Esvau, who they also played in the cup last year, who was a higher division. So they're they're moving, you know, they, they won the cup and now they're moving up to face some of the teams that they faced in the cup last year. So uh, familiar faces, I guess. And right before that, even, I'm going to botch this, but they have also a game, I was looking at your site, Adam, um, against Germania Lohauser Holtz who's in second place in their division right now too. So a lot of like competition that uh, is kind of in their more in their realm, I'll say in the next few weeks. Mm So some winnable gains, but also some good tests for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just kind of like touching on like 
the familiar faces last year, like their number one rival was uh, uh, a team called solder holes. And I kind of like grew a little attached to that team just because of how hard they played Dortmund. I think those games were like three, nothing four nothing or something like that. So they're in a division now with the second team Mm -hmm. and uh, the women's second team has, is just blowing everybody out. Except and, and but so has Solder Solderhose. The only match that Solderhose has lost is a four nothing to uh, Borussia Dortmund. Other than that, they've won everything, and they have like a plus seventy four goal differential as well. So they have a good little rivalry going there as well. Cool. And everybody Let, else in the league hates both. both <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> yeah, and the last thing I'll mention about the second team is that uh, Mariana Naseva was just again called up to the North Macedonian uh, national team. She's played for them like three times now. So, uh, so a player on our second team is getting called up to her national team, and that's a super that's cool awesome. thing to see. It really is. Awesome. I don't know why she's on the second team. She's <laughs> fantastic, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if she's getting called up to the national team, then yeah. But yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, we are going to link everything, Adam's Twitter, uh, his website, and everything. If you if you want to... We, we do it every week. It's always in the description of the episode for this podcast. We always have it there. Uh, but now, you for any new listeners lately, uh, shout out to all the new listeners we've been getting lately, especially in the new year. Uh, numbers have been going up quite a bit, which is awesome. So meet Adam officially. I probably didn't give him a, as big of an introduction as I should have because we've known Adam for maybe a little over a year now yeah, which has been like that, yeah. great and uh i apologize we haven't had him on in in uh like more recently but now you know adam and all the things that he does i've said it before you told me maybe not to be the best resource but the best resource for the dortmund's women t- team and just like dortmund stuff in general stats and facts and everything uh it's always great to have adam on so uh make sure you follow him on everything and follow his website and, and follow the dortmund women's team when did you say their next game is are they they playing this weekend in the cup? Yeah, next weekend? they're playing this weekend against Eichlinghofen. Sorry, put you on the spot. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that one does have a, a stream link up on the website. So oh, great. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to check that one out. Of course, I won't be able to watch that live. I'll be in the car at the time, but I'll watch it later. Cool. So you can check them out. We'll have that uh, in the description of this episode too. Uh, then Dortmund, home. First Cole Saturday, 1.30 Eastern time. If I have my time zones correct, um, I, I'll have it correct in the description of this episode <laughs> like everything else. Uh, but hey, we really appreciate you guys hanging out and listening. As always, my voice has cracked so many times, so it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely bedtime. Uh, we will talk with you guys later. See ya. See ya. Thanks, guys.